Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome in to the Masson All Access podcast presented by Northern Virginia Community College. Nova makes college better. Learn more at boldlynova.com. We want to give a big thanks to our friends over at Nova for supporting and sponsoring this podcast over the next couple of weeks. We really appreciate uh, their joining in and Mm -hmm. then following along. So we really uh, like to thank them. Welcome in to the Masson All Access podcast in the Masson web studio. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you live from our desk. we want to hope that you're making us a part of your fully baseball afternoon. We've got a midday podcast right here live on the Mass Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Of course, the Nationals have an afternoon game later today on Masson against the Arizona Diamondbacks, wrapping up that series on Thursday. Um, and if you're not, you're checking out the podcast after the fact, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. Amy, how's your week been? It's been pretty good, Bobby. You know, I was thinking about you earlier. Oh, yeah? And I was going to text you. Okay, but you shave for the show? But Well, no, actually, but you it just, just popped in my little mind. How is your Peloton adventure going? Oh! I saw an advertisement ask. for a Peloton earlier, and I was like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll finally get hip to this trend. Yeah. I probably won't. <laughs> but I'll allow you to... Um, to uh, cover it for both of okay, us. Okay, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious that you brought that up because I do remember bringing that up at the beginning of the calendar year, like mm-hmm. after the new year. That's when we got it and started doing it. Uh, it's going pretty good. I think I look slimmer on camera. Yeah. I look, I look better. The, na- the new Nationals polos fit me nicer. Um, <laughs> it's been going well. I just recently hit my 100th ride. 100? 100th ride. Okay, Bob. Don't get too excited because, like, I do a – so my, my go is, like, I do a warm-up ride – the actual exercise ride between like 30 and 20 minutes and then a cool down ride. So those warm up and cool downs are only like five minutes long and those actually count. Oh, okay. So like actual rides, I've probably only done like 40. That's still impressive though. Yeah. So do you have a schedule or you just kind of fit it in where, get it in where you can fit it in? Do as much as like, it's usually in the morning. I like, I'm, I'm weird working out. I can't do late afternoon, evening, especially with, you know, our jobs. Yeah, you know, like, you know, we're, we get busy starting around like two o'clock in the afternoon. Our downtime is usually late morning. So my, my, my thing is I, I usually get up, you know, I'm either editing the website on massinsports.com or doing our social tweets at Mass and Nationals. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll do a little coffee and breakfast, get myself motivated. I'm also just not a morning person, so it takes me a while me to get moving. And then around 10, 10 or 11 o'clock, I'll, I'll try to get on. Now, I've recently started doing more strength exercises. I did one yesterday. So you can, it's not just the bike, like you're, there's core you could do, there's strength, upper body, mm. lower body, there's running, which I don't take part in because running is the absolute worst. I'd rather do the bike. Um, and so that's going pretty nicely. I, I, I like it. It's, I like it It's because you have the bike in your house and you just stare at it and like there's no reason not to get on right. it. You know, it's, it's not like, I don't want to walk or drive to the gym. I don't want to go all the way downstairs to the base. No, it's like, it's there. And like, it's just taunting you if you don't get on it. And it's like, you already bought it. Yeah. And like, yeah, you're spent, you bought it. We got it used. So it was a pretty good deal. And you know, you got the monthly subscription to the service. So it's going well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate you asking. But uh, (laughs) you know, you have some good weeks and some bad weeks. I've already done three rides this week. I was aiming for three this week, and I've already I'm reached there. Bobby. Um, probably won't get to one today because we have the show today. We've got Nationals Baseball. afternoon game. Um, but hopefully tomorrow I'll get one in to go four for five this week. 
It's not a bad week at the no, plate. Four for five. Not I'll, at all. I'll take that day. Um, so yeah, so thanks for asking. It's it's been good. We'll try to provide like maybe monthly updates on my Peloton. Yeah, I like and, it. And, the adventure, um, the countdown to Bobby's wedding. Yeah, yeah. And see how much <laughs> weight did Bobby lose before the wedding, and or gain when he goes on vacation. Um, I've also one more other thing. Like I've I've gotten I was I tapped myself on the back because I. Uh, was at Nationals Park covering game two of the doubleheader on Tuesday, and I brought my dinner. I brought a nice, healthy dinner instead of buying delicious fried ballpark food. Do. It is, because it's so good. It's right there. It's so good. Plus, then you have to, you know, make it and pack it before you ever leave, and you have a million other things, like, on your checklist to remember yep. to bring. So that is impressive, too. Bobby's on it today. I'm trying. He's, I'm trying. No, this week, he's on his game. This week, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Everybody Past, watching. Last week, like birthday week, wasn't so good. Well, that's okay. You Thank you. Excuse. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just it gives some you... people celebrate their birthday all month long. Well, it's like a whole production. So they do like you know you're doing the show. I haven't done a live live like exercise like class. Oh yeah. They do them live and like you know which is cool. They give you shout outs. Like my fiance did her 100th ride live, oh, and cool. she got like a shout out from the, the trainer, which is cool. That gives me so much anxiety. I won't do that. No, that's true. But like they are. Like shouting out like people's like, hey, hundredth ride, good job. I see you working. But then a lot of them are like working out on your birthday, good job. I was like, who, who is running on, the on their birthday? birthday? If there's ever a day, to, hey, I respect the grind. But there's ever a day to not work out, it'd probably it's be your birthday. Day. Yeah, no way you're gonna catch yeah. me on a Peloton on my birthday. Yeah. Mm-mm. So it's been going well. I'll provide more updates. Uh, thanks for asking. I'm Everybody, stay remember. tuned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, it's it's been going well. Um, what else has been going well actually is the Nationals pitching staff a little good a little bad uh, I think we'll get into it a little bit a little better than we anticipated we can dive into some numbers real quick but we're going to talk about a lot about the Nationals pitching because while they did have off on Monday due to a rainout, which was the right call because it rained all night in DC the doubleheader on Tuesday then kind of presented a conundrum for them coming up this weekend mm-hmm. um, Dave Martinez elected to pitch Josiah Gray and Johanna Don on Tuesday that worked out great they both pitched very well um, and a doubleheader sweep. But that now creates a hole in the rotation for upcoming for this weekend, probably Saturday against the Giants. So we need to figure out how the Nationals will fill that hole. Obviously, the sh- they got shellacked by the the Diamondbacks yesterday. Eric Fetty doesn't go very deep in the game. So they had to dig into their bullpen a lot. Um, and then we're going to talk about like who has pitched actually really well, both in the rotation and in, out of the bullpen. I think we're finding some better numbers than mm-hmm. we anticipated. What's your overall assessment so far of the Nats pitching staff? The thing is, it's so hard to, to tell with only three outings yeah. for most of these guys. I mean, it's the beginning of the season, small sample size. And we're talking about, I mean, today we're going to talk about the good outing that we got on Tuesday in that doubleheader out of both starters in Josiah Gray and Joanna Don. And... Those were two guys, not so much Josiah Gray, but Yohanna Don, we were talking, maybe we you don't put him back out of there again. Yeah. Or maybe if mm-hmm. he has another bad outing, you know, he doesn't really deserve a spot in this rotation after all. And then after this outing, six and a third scoreless innings, the only the only starter to go six innings um, so far this year. And so it becomes a completely different situation. So it's kind of hard to tell with just three outings out of these guys, but we're seeing some up and down. Same thing with Eric Fetty. His first two outings were kind of promising. Mm. And then he got lit up yesterday. So we're seeing a lot of ups and downs, but the bullpen, I think, is definitely the bright spot of this entire pitching staff and has definitely impressed me and done much more than I expected them to. Yeah, I think we came into the season definitely assuming that the bullpen would be the worst part of this Nationals Mm -hmm. team Um, and that, obviously, they were 
one of the worst bullpens in all of baseball last year, definitely the worst in the National League in terms of ERA. So we were saying they can only go up from here. Um, but you've seen, and a lot of that hinged on guys like Kyle Finnegan and Tanner Rainey having bounce back years, pitching more like we saw them pitch in 2020 um, than last year. Kind of attributed last year to maybe overwork. There wasn't really many too many trusted arms for Davey Martinez in the bullpen. Right. Um, so Tanner Rainey, and when he was healthy, and Kyle Finnegan got a lot of workload that they weren't used to. Um, and then also, of course, after a shortened season in 2020, you know, how would their arms hold up and, and could they build up and maintain that arm strength? But so far, so good for both, especially Finnegan. Finnegan has pitched really well. He's given up a home run um, in his one outing against the Braves, but I think that's about it for him. Uh, we saw Tanner Rainey get a little shaky the other night, um, uh, Tuesday night in the uh, doubleheader second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, he, you know, he loaded the bases with no out. You're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. This is what he did at the end of last year, and he gets out of it um, with, with three straight outs. So big night for Tanner Rainey. Overall, he's had a couple of saves. I, I think for Rainey, he might need to just pitch more. I think um, David Martinez even kind of alluded to it after the fact that, you know, he just needs to get on a more schedule. He That was, I think, only his third or fourth outing mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday. So he needs maybe get a little more of a schedule, whereas other guys have pitched more consistently, kind of get into a rhythm. Um, and, and Finnegan has been really good, looking more like the pitcher that we saw him kind of debut as uh, back in 2020. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Finnegan has been pretty much lights out. It's been really fun to see him kind of have this bounce back year. And yeah, you mentioned Tanner Rainey loaded the bases, gave up two hits and a walk to load the bases, and then got out of it. And mm-hmm. that was, I mean, that was his third save of the season. So he hasn't blown any save opportunities yet. And that's kind of the role you hoped he would morph into this year. And I think we're seeing him. And because he's kind of morphing into that closer role, he's going to get less outings because you're only putting him out there in certain situations. Um, But like you mentioned, maybe as they're still figuring out these roles, you do put him out there a little bit more. And maybe you'll see better results um, as he's getting just as many opportunities as everybody else in this bullpen. Four games, four innings for Tanner Rainey. It was going up five hits. No earned runs, surprisingly enough. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. expect, you wouldn't notice that if you watched... Well, I guess you've watched the entire game Tuesday, you would, <laughs> but you would have thought that one would have squeaked by after loading the bases with no outs. Um, a whip of 150. So, Rainey's kind of settling in. He's got three save out of his four appearances. And like Davey said, just getting him more into that rhythm, that function, um, that he still won't name him the closer. He's the presumptive, presumptuous closer, but he's not officially the They're, closer, right? right? So, you know, it's, I guess... Technically, closer by committee, the Nationals have won six games, and I think two of them were by a pretty wide margin. That's why you don't see Tanner or anyone else going in for a safe situation. But every time there has been a safe situation, it's been Tanner Rainey. But it also looks like you could maybe trust Kyle Finnegan in that role, too, at this point because he's been pitching so well. Yeah, and then Victor Arano has been kind of another surprising part of this bullpen. He's had 12 Ks in seven innings with no walks. And I think that's kind of the key there is the guys that are finding success in this bullpen are being super efficient with their pitches, keeping their pinch ca- pitch count down Mm -hmm. and they're not walking guys and the you know these games where the bullpen is completely blown up is when they're walking guys and that's when Davey Martinez has been incredibly frustrated but that's not the case with Victor. Arana was the first name called out of the bullpen in Tuesday's second game Mm -hmm. replacing Johanna Don um, in a tough spot I think it was the seventh yeah it was the seventh inning Don had given up a runner 
and uh, Arano came in and needed two outs and got two via the strikeout, both via his off-speed stuff. I think both were via his sinker. So that's a strong weapon out there for, for David Martinez, and we were wondering what Arano would play, non-roster invitee. I think there was one – his second outing wasn't against the Mets. I think it was against the Braves, gave up a handful of runs, and, you know, that's maybe too soon to start questioning him, but it was kind of like, all right, you know, can he sustain any kind of success? And he has. Ever since then, he's been pretty much perfect. Right. Um, and over his seven out. Now, I would be cautious for for him because he's might start be going towards Wander Suero territory, where he is Davies' most trusted mm-hmm. and now most used arm. I know it's early, seven innings, and this guy has like veteran experience, of course, right? He's pitched before the Phillies before. It's not like he's a no name journeyman i mean he has pitched in the major leagues has substantial numbers so this is not new for him but let's hope that arano doesn't just you know go out there and then blow his arm out because davy's using him every other day yeah and you know kind of speaking you know to that is sean doolittle who finds himself um on the 10-day il now he had some soreness after his outing in pittsburgh um, and then came back out on Tuesday in the doubleheader, ended up getting an MRI in between games because he just felt that same soreness. And it is a left elbow sprain, which means a ligament tear, which is never good when you're talking about a pitcher. He didn't seem too concerned about it. Well, maybe cautiously optimistic when he talked to the media yesterday in the Nationals clubhouse before the game. Another one of the things were like, good for Sean. Like, you know, when you go on the IL, you don't have to really speak with the media, but he was there, so he spoke. Um, the thing about Sean, though, this, this, like you said, it's it's pretty serious from our eyes, right? You know, you, a pitcher's elbow and you hear strain, sprain. Um, that's kind of a scary thought. But Sean himself said, you know, this isn't going to be a short-term thing. It's not like Sean's going to be down for 10 days and then come back once that's up. He said mm-hmm. – He's gonna take. He's not throwing over these next ten days. Yeah. After ten days, he'll come back and try to start throwing again, and then go from there. So, even if he can, ten days from now, throw the ball, he's still gonna need to, you know, rebuild up his arm. Exactly. And how long is that gonna take? So Sean Doolittle is gonna be out for a couple of weeks at minimum, and if the MRI comes back clean, uh, you hope you clean. That's that's gonna be the best case scenario. But if it doesn't, then you might be looking at a long term absence from Duke. Yeah, and um, obviously surgery is last resort. And he kind of mentioned that they're not really looking at that right now. They're gonna get second opinions on the MRI, and he's gonna go these next ten days just completely rehabbing. But then he's like you said, gonna have to build his arm back up and probably do to miss some significant time, which is a shame because Doolittle's somebody who surprised me at least coming back he's retired 16 of the 17 batters that he's faced he's become an arm that Davey Martinez can rely on significantly like he did back in 2019 maybe a little bit too much in 2019 because that's when he started to get injuries again but I mean what you're seeing out of Sean Doolittle so far this year has been impressive and you know kind of gives you hope for this bullpen and for Sean Doolittle's rest of his career I think it's a big hit because we might need to see a roster move for Saturday, right? And what Sean Doolittle's diagnosis might help the Nationals make that. And also we're waiting for information on Josh Bell. Josh Bell also left Wednesday night's game with a knee injury. He called it swelling. He also spoke to reporters after the game and said he wasn't too concerned about it. Um, they're gonna, He went for an MRI this morning. We should know more from David Martinez later this afternoon. But, you know, if the Nationals – and we'll get to this eh, – let's just do it now – 
The Nationals need a starter for Saturday. Right. Right. We talked about the doubleheader. Both Josiah Gray and Johan Don pitched on Tuesday on normal rest because of the rainout, but then that creates a hole for Saturday because those guys won't be ready to go until Sunday. You would think Josiah goes Sunday, Adon gets extra rest and faces the Miami Marlins after Monday's off day. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple ways David could go. Talked about Paulo Espino. Espino could fill that role. He only pitched one inning on Wednesday night, 11 pitches. Um, got out of there pretty quickly. Davey equated it to him just, you know, mid-rotation bullpen session, um, light throwing. He was stretched out as a starter during spring training. He has pitched multiple innings so far twice this season um, in the regular season. So he and, and we know how much Davey appreciates and likes mm-hmm. Paulo Espino, the Swiss Army knife. So that's an option. If they don't go that you also have to get through today and tomorrow without using him, that's which I think they can. I think they can. I mean, knock on wood, I think they can. But if they don't, that creates a hole. Your two options are probably Aaron Sanchez from AAA or maybe even possibly Kate Cavalli. Do you think Kate Cavalli comes up? If they can't, say Espino's a no-go for Saturday. Do you bring up Cavalli or Sanchez? Either way, you need to make a roster move. I think realistically, Kate Cavalli hasn't pitched in six days. So that... Could uh, he's not? They're not going to bring up Kate. But Cavalli. there's a but there's, but there's a re- is there a reason that he hasn't? That's what I'm thinking, days. and I certainly think. I mean, maybe they said, "Hey, hold off on his next start." There could be, you know, potential for, you know, an opening here. I don't think that it's realistic yeah. for him to make his debut this weekend. But him not pitching, I mean, and them kind of holding him off makes like kind of leaves a little opening there i do think that the most realistic option would be aaron sanchez he last pitched um on sunday and pitched six innings in rochester allowed just one run on seven hits though so he'll have five days of rest that's an extra day of rest um if they do move him up but they will have to make room for him on the 40 man and if i mean they're saying sean dealer they're going to take the 10 days and then make the assessment that makes me think that they wouldn't move him to the 60 day before then, but that would certainly make this move a lot easier. And then there's some other options that they could move to the 60 day. That's also assuming, like I said, that Sean Doolittle's MRI comes back clean. If it doesn't come back clean, that makes that decision a little easier. You can probably move Sean to the 60 day. Right. If it looks but we like wouldn't there's some know in time, significant so it's well, They should know by today or tomorrow at the latest, right? If he's getting his MRI today, Sean, right? He got his MRI in between games on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Well, then they yeah. should know soon. Yeah. It doesn't take a couple – they should know what the results are soon. But, yeah, you're right. Him not picking up a ball for 10 days doesn't give him the option to right. do that right now. But if the MRI comes, they know there's a clear – he's getting a second opinion, too. Mm-hmm. If it's a, um, That's what but, it'll be telling you. Yeah, if he has the second opinions, if they have a different – you know, uh, how bad is the tear? How yeah. big is the tear? Um, you know, all of so, that kind of goes into it. In that case, you already have Seth Romero, Joe Ross – and Steven Strasburg on the – oh, no, sorry, Will Harris on the 60-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven Strasburg is still on the 10-day. That could be the move that you move to the 60-day because they're not expecting him to be ready by June anyways. He was placed on the IL late March. Mm-hmm. That should be enough time for him to – that would probably be the corresponding move, yep. shifting Strasburg over to the 60-day IL from the 10-day because he's not – you don't – he will be. He should be ready before Joe Ross, 
but just barely, mm-hmm. right? So, and then you have Adrianza who hasn't done anything, hasn't even started, started running, running yeah. yet. So, no baseball activity. So, that doesn't seem realistic that he would be back before, you know, end of May, June anyway. And this is where the Josh Bell injury also comes into play because if Josh Bell does need an IL stint, then that roster move, that a different roster move in and of itself, You're their nationals to- are going to need to bring up a bench player instead right. of a pitcher. You know, they're not going to replace Josh Bell with a spot starter because that's two moves you have to make. Exactly. And then you saw, I mean, Franco moved over there when Josh Bell went out of the game, but that's not the long-term solution. Same thing with Riley Adams. He's your backup catcher. He's young. They're not going to move him, you know, make that kind of position change at this point and move him to first base. So, And Davey said Nelson Cruz is not an option. Yes, exactly. So maybe – you bring up like a Jake Knoll or something like that, but who's been playing mostly room. third base? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but you have to make they'll have to make room there on the forty man for somebody. So that adds a whole another uh, situation yeah. for jo- the Nationals. Josh Bell said yesterday that he again he's not too concerned about it, but we'll see how the MRI goes this morning. He said there is a possibility this might just be him being optimistic that he could come in today, feel fine, and be ready to play right. Thursday. I don't think Davey would push it that much, especially with a knee. That's what I was Even thinking. no matter how healthy and, and first, yeah, first how clean the MRI one. comes back, I would say take just take the day. And I think you can put together, you know, an off – or not an off day, a travel day game against a bad team in the Diamondbacks with Franco starting at first. You slide Escobar over to third and play Lucius Fox at short. Because we, we saw last night Lucius Fox at third isn't the best option. And I didn't hear Josh Bell talk, but did he bench – I mean, did he hurt it running home on that – Play? He said he doesn't know, and Davey didn't know either. It seemed like that was the play because he like, pulled up a little bit. A and little bit. like, yeah. I, He didn't seem to win. It was before the fourth inning, so it looked like he – he said that he felt it when he went back out to first. So that could have So it was the bottom of the yeah. fourth where I think Cruz was at bat and Lucius Fox was in the, uh, the uh, on-deck circle in place of Bell. So I think Bell did – did he play? Go I can't remember out. if he actually yeah. played the top of the fourth at first base, but I think he did went out, I'm felt that sure it was weird, did. and came back yep. and said that something's mm-hmm. up. Yep. Um, so I, I, not definite, but it does sound like it was that him rounding third, going home, getting thrown out pretty easily, and trying to slow up mm-hmm. so not to do a collision, and looks like he did something to his knee. So you hope mm-hmm. that's just you know maybe a little it wasn't bit of that tightness, cold. Yeah, tweak, cold night. Something. You know, not fully yeah. stretched out. Something just tweaked the wrong way and comes back. But like I said, if he does have to miss time and Mark Zuckerman wrote on about this on massinsports.com this morning, there's not many good options at first base. And that's also another roster move that needs to be made to cover. Mm-hmm. A, and Davey said he hasn't used his bench that much, but you still need a first baseman and you still need a backup infielder. And then also on top of a starter, I think that's why they really, really, Davey will do everything in his power to avoid using Paulo Espino over the next two days. And then to, you know, on top of it, Josh Bell's hitting the best out of anybody on That's this also team. That's the worst, yeah. Uh, you know, leads a team in hits right. and average and everything else. So that adds a whole nother, uh, you know, element to it. Element yeah. To yeah, it. Just, yeah. uh, so it, that's a shame. And we, they've kind of, we knew that we were going to have to face this backup first baseman mm-hmm. issue at some point. Uh, you certainly didn't hope it was this soon and maybe we don't even have to yet so yeah no today we'll be telling as to what the future of you know the next few weeks for josh bell looks like yeah i wouldn't be surprised like i said if it's franco at first they slide escobar over Mm -hmm. to third and play lucius fox at short but then that still leaves your bench short your bench will probably only be i'm guessing is having the day off so riley adams will be behind the plate and then you'll have a backup infielder of 
either Lane Thomas or Yadiel Hernandez. Yeah. So then for Saturday, I think that leaves us. I think we both agree that probably Paolo Espino is the most probable Re- yeah. option um, to make that start. Then you have Austin Voth out of the bullpen mm-hmm. um, that could eat up some innings. And given that Espino only pitched an inning yesterday, could have been same as, you know, a bullpen, uh, he'll be ready to go. Given that your starters have decent nights today and tomorrow to get us to Saturday. And that was going to be my next point, too. Like, we know how much Davey focuses on the task at hand, the day of. Go 1-0 today. Don't but. As the manager, you also have to look at the big picture right here because you need a spot start for Saturday. You need Josh Rogers and Patrick Corbin to give you at least five. Six would be ideal, but mm-hmm. at le- they need to go at least five because that's the other option. The other A bullpen game isn't an option on Saturday because of the doubleheader and because of Eric Fetty's short start yesterday. You're, they, right. They're not going to have enough available arms to put together a bullpen game like if Paulo Espino does, I mean, I guess if Espino does start Saturday, that technically would qualify as a bullpen game. But you would think Espino more as an actual starter than an opener. Exactly. Whereas he would probably go more than two, three You're innings. You're hoping he can go four, at maybe, least four, and maybe even five because our. So the thing is, though, is that yes, Paulo has started twice this season, but he's only, his max pitch count I think was like fifty. So you I would think yeah, you can changes. only realistically expect around seventy ish from him on Saturday. And that's where, you know, being efficient is so key yeah. because I mean they're being careful with Josiah Gray and I mean I think they yanked he pitched what yeah, five and a third I think Yeah, eighty eight five and a third. Yeah. So well, Tuesday excuse me. Yeah. So if you're you know, hopefully they can get there on, you know, not as many yeah. pitches, but that's not what we are seeing out of, you know, Patrick Corbin, yep. Eric Fetty. Um, I mean, Patrick Corbin needed 80 pitches to get out of like three and a third against yeah. Atlanta. So. And like 96 to get through five on against Friday. Sunday, Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Yeah. So not great. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a matter, you know, of being efficient. And starters have only played 14 games. Starters have only gotten through five in half of those games. Yeah. So well, you know what also helps would be some offense, right? If I mean, I know Josh Bell's not being there, but it'd be a great time for Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz to find their mm-hmm. actual swing. Juan Soto's getting on base; that's not the issue here. He also, I think, he had two hits last night, even mm-hmm. in a blowout. It's Nelson Cruz really that's not getting on base. He had some loud outs on Wednesday, um, but not like actively getting on base and presenting a threat and for for Josh Bell. I mean, think about it this way also too. You can even go further top of the lineup. Victor Robles has more RBIs than Juan Soto does which is kind of bonkers. And then, you know, Cesar Hernandez is finally just kind of coming on. He didn't have an extra base hit, I think, until this last series. And then he has had one in each of the last three games, I think. Um, So, you know, Juan Soto hitting seconds only as good as, you know, your leadoff getting on base. So, yeah. So that's helpful. But like I said, you know, Saturday, you can't really put together a bullpen game. I think Dave is going to avoid Paulo at all costs over the next two days. Starting pitchers going at least five will definitely help. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be tricky. I mean, I I asked Davey after the Tuesday's game because Tuesday almost went perfectly, right? I mean, Josiah Gray gets into the sixth. Adon gets into the seventh. And then you just go one, two, three, four. And I think they use collectively seven relievers, four in game one, three in game two. Mm-hmm. And I asked Davey, I was like, is that pretty much the pitcher-perfect way you expect today to go? And he goes, let's wait for tomorrow. Flash forward, Eric Fetty doesn't get out of the fourth. <laughs> Five relievers to get 27 yeah. outs. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if 
you know, God forbid one of these games gets away from the Nationals, like we saw last night, like we saw in Atlanta, you're going to see another position player pitching. He's not going to run out of speed. No, I, I just doubt it um, because there aren't really more, one, good options. I guess Sanchez, you mentioned his numbers mm-hmm. at Rochester have been pretty solid, especially his last outing. That's an option, but I think it's logistically not really possible with all the injuries and the roster moves that would need to be corresponded because you need to add someone to the 40-man, whether that's Sanchez or Cavalli. Um, I agree. I don't think it's going to be Cavalli either because that would be almost nine days of rest for him. Like, that's, that's too, so uh, yeah. bizarre for him. And that, it is that would odd, throw though, him that off. he hasn't yeah, pitched. No, but. it is. And and what also leads me to a question, which I, don't, I hate to bring this up, but... Is he hurt? Is he hurt? Yeah. He and got, I haven't heard about anything, but... No, I mean... But... It's just weird because, again, I i mean, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see the Nationals, Mike Rizzo, wanting to give Kay Cavalli his major league debut nine it's, days after his, you know, that's just way off. That, the rest days being off, and the fact that he really hasn't been, like, great at AAA. That's what I'm saying. You know, his is numbers why- are certainly, you know, and maybe it is a matter of he's – hurt that's what and i'm thinking is he why, actually i mean i know he still has to grow and yeah, develop right but is he but he hasn't been particularly good so and you know yeah eight I, runs in eight innings yeah and for we, a nine era and we talked hits. about it you know why we yeah, struck couldn't out imagine him coming up in a spot start unless he was lights out in triple a to start the season right. you know they'll let him there's no reason to you know put him on um, the Nationals clock rather than his own clock. And yeah, right. And that we always went on the assumption too, that it would be on his turn. Mm-hmm. Like they wouldn't force him to, they definitely wouldn't do it on a short rest. I can't imagine. They do it. I mean, I guess more rest, extra rest is better than short, but like that's, that seems weird. That would, I feel like that would throw him off a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know how much you can expect out of him on a Saturday. Not to mention it's also the giants. It's a tough lineup to go as a team that's looking to contend again. I mean, I don't know. An early day too. I mean, he would have to get to DC like Friday night. Yeah. So it's definitely, one game on Saturday. Maybe keep your eye on Kate Cavalli uh, and what's going on down there at AAA. I mean, they, I mean, his day to pitch would have been. You know, the minor leagues are difficult because they always have Monday off. So mm-hmm. There's always that built-in off day. So his day to pitch, I think, actually would have Probably been yesterday. yesterday yeah. Would have been yesterday, and the guy who pitched after him in the last go around started yesterday. So. He's already going to be on extra rest no matter when his next start would be. I don't know. I, I, I find it hard they're going to force the issue there. Because, I mean, with Sanchez and Cavalli, either way, you have to make uh, a roster move to clear mm-hmm. your spot on the 40-man. Why not just make it Sanchez, who will be on normal-ish rest? Aaron said, and that's somebody who we thought had potential to crack this roster yeah. for opening day. So, And he'll be – I think he'll just have one extra day of rest. So. Yeah. I think that's – and there, it might be easy, you know, to make room for him on the 40-man if we find out Sean Doolittle's fate or, you know, some of these other guys who have been on the 10-day IL uh, before then. Just don't know yet. Not to mention this little nugget. Aaron Sanchez played for the Giants last year. Mm-hmm. So that's a lineup he's probably familiar with. True. So if you had to make that move, I would pick Sanchez, someone who you know that they – he knows that lineup pretty well. Has major league experience. He's mm-hmm. pitched for seven years, so I don't know. I think that's easy. I don't. I, maybe they're just holding on just in case. Like Cavalli has to be like a break glass for emergency only. I would imagine it would be Espino, and then Sanchez would be their yeah, top options for, for Saturday. Mm-hmm. 
Um, should be interesting. You know, again, this all hinges on a lot of moving factors, offense, starters today and Friday. Um, Remains to be seen. But like like we said, yes, Monday's off day, rainout was a blessing because this bullpen specifically, but the pitching staff in general needed some rest, 18 scheduled straight days um, to break up the start of the season. But then the doubleheader presents a whole new issue for later in the week and Saturday. The Nationals now need to figure out they got what they needed from Josiah Gray and Johanna Don on Tuesday. Not so much Eric Fetty. Let's see if they can get uh, better results from Josh Rogers, who's looking to bounce back from his last start, hopefully looking more like his first start. And Patrick Corbin, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. He, he pitched – let's give him credit where credit is due. He pitched well Sunday against the Pirates. He actually left with the Nationals in it, the lead. It, this was an example, which we haven't seen too many, two, three games where the bullpen has been – Blew it for them. Yeah, he, he yeah, they. I think he left with them up three to one, mm-hmm. and then the bullpen blew it. Uh, specifically, Steve Shishek late in that game. Uh, so he has pitched well. It's a lesser lineup. You're looking at the Diamondbacks, another not so great lineup. Um, so if Corbin, well, actually no, Friday will be the opener against the Giants. Never mind. <laughs> so, so yeah, here you go. <laughs> well, so today is the day that they need to, you know, Josh get it Rogers, done. Yeah. You know, Josh Rogers needs to go as deep into this game as he can, and against a Diamondbacks lineup, which you wouldn't have known it yesterday, um, yeah. is the worst in the majors. So yeah. Going into last night's game, they were the worst offense in the majors. Yeah. So, you know, given that, today's the day that the, the, the starter needs to go probably the most, at least six. Go six. Go six. Hey, <laughs> just go get six. Just go six um, today. All right, so just real quick, wanted to throw out some numbers and have this little conversation. We touched on a little bit at the beginning, but is this pitching staff doing a little better than we thought or expected. And it's a small sample size. It's only collectively uh, 122 innings. Tell us, Bobby. Well, I'm, so I, I, I try to dig up some numbers. I think, go ahead, you go. So right now, overall as a whole, the Nationals pitching staff has a 494 ERA. That's 67 earned runs and 122 innings. That ranks 13th out of 15 teams in the National League and 27th out of 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Starter ERA is 5.43. That's 11th in the National League, 25th in baseball. Bullpen is 4.40. That's 12th in the National League and 25th in baseball. Now, they got blown out 16-4 in Atlanta. They lost 11-2 Wednesday night to the Diamondbacks. You take out those, and I know they have to be part of the sample size, but those are just bad outings. They're not the norm. Mm -hmm. You take out those two outings, and also including D. Strange Gordon giving up three runs in an inning against the Braves. True. Their overall ERA would be 377, which would be ninth in the National League, 18th in Major League Baseball. The rotation ERA would be 414, which is again ninth in the National League, 17th in MLB. And then the bullpen ERA would be 330, still ninth, again ninth, and then 18th in Major League Baseball. So middle of the pack ish more if you take out those two bad outings. Uh, from the Nationals starter, I, and that three thirty ERA is pretty respectable for the bullpen. Right. And that also Go, that, that's the one that also includes D Gordon's three runs. And that was the bullpen that was the worst. The worst last and, year. Yeah. Now they're middle of the pack ish. Which isn't bad. For, I would. You know the start I would of the season. Yeah. yeah. And even with the your with the rotation, I mean, we start the season. You know, you thought you were going to have Anibal Sanchez. No, he got hurt. Steven Strasburg not starting on time. Mm-hmm. With kind of what we were given, 
they've surprised me. Yeah. You needed Josh which Rogers is, to start instead. Right. Which is kind of weird to say if you actually look at it. And here we are talking about how Yohan Adon has went six innings and that's, the, you know, the most that any of them have gone. But better than expected given the injuries to start the season. Yeah. I, I, I just think I test for me. I mean, I know they have a losing record. They're six and eight. But I would take six and eight at this point in this season. You look back though; it's it's like back and forth though, right? It's so flip flop because they they win two out of three in Atlanta mm-hmm. against the defending World Series champs in their first home series, and then you drop three out of four to Pittsburgh, and now you're up two to one against Arizona. You ideally would win three out of four against Arizona at home. Tough matchup against the Giants this weekend, I know, but then you get the Marlins at home next week. So I I think that this has been. A good, it's kind of been all over the place, but it's overall at a six and eight and a slightly better ERA than last year overall for the pitching. It's been better than I think we expected. And, you know, the offense hasn't really caught on yet. So once that gets going, I think that's enough to win some more games than maybe we were expecting the Nationals to. Yeah. And I know we, we, well, I'm complaining about starters not going deep into games, but that's true across baseball true. so far this season. I mean, not only, you know, the shortened spring training, pitchers aren't getting their aren't stretched out as much, but also just the rise of analytics and, you know, pulling pitchers before they get through a lineup for the third time. Um, that's kind of a trend that we're seeing starting pitching not going as deep into games across baseball. So you combine those two together you're not as, you know, bummed that these national starters are, you know, coming up a little bit short because that's kind of true across the whole game. And you look at the roster, the way it's constructed. I mean, this is still a team that values pitching and specifically starting Mm -hmm. pitching. But like you said, not up there yet. I mean, we're still just about to see starters maybe touch 100 pitches in an outing, 90 to 100. So, we're getting there, but this is a team roster that's constructed this way. It's not like, and this offense, I mean, while it's, you know, you would think the top four or five are pretty good, you know, Hernandez through Ruiz, the back end hasn't been no, great. The offense has come up short as well. Yeah, but like, it's, the, it's not a roster that's built like the Yankees or the Red Sox or, or the Phillies, where it's like, we're going to go all in on offense and just hopefully it's better than our pitching mm-hmm. and just kind of cover up for subpar pitching. That's not the way the Nationals are constructed. They're way more leaning towards pitching, and we expected it to be bad, but it's been not as bad as we thought. Maybe even a little bit better. Yeah, it's... That's kind of my kind overall of, point. Yeah, like the opposite that we saw the Nationals finish last year where their offensive numbers were on par with some of the best right. teams in the league, and it was their pitching, specifically their bullpen, that was blowing games for them. Now to start the season... Starting, I mean, their offensive is off, offense is off to a slow start. Again, kind of on par with the rest of the league, um, but it's the pitching that is impressed a little bit, specifically the bullpen. So, yeah. So that's just something I dug up. I thought I thought I like it. Look, yeah. Watching it, uh, kind watch, of a, a nice positive twist. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just watching them, you know, whether live or on on Masson, it's you can tell. I, I just like they just look better. We talked about Finnegan and Rainey. They look better than I know it's early than last year, but you know they just look like they're bouncing back a little bit. Um, and, and we'll see if I mean, Patrick Corbin. We've talked about him a bunch, but ups and downs. We'll see if he can find any kind of consistency. Josiah Gray and Johanna Don have been just revelations mm-hmm. for David Martinez. You know we were like you said we were expecting we were maybe go back down to AAA or wherever, and and they were fantastic so far. They're going to get more starts in rotation. Gray is building up his arm strength. He might be the first pitcher to touch 100 pitches in an outing. So, 
yeah, uh, I think there's a lot more positives than maybe some negatives that we were kind of expecting from this staff so far this year. So definitely reasons to watch. And they've only – I haven't dug it up, but I feel like they've only blown the bullpen that is like one lead, maybe two. Definitely Sunday against one the Pirates. Lead. I think that's the only lead that Like they, late lead that right. they've actually like given up. So that's that's a good sign. I mean, the, the A bullpen, when they're out – they're not, I mean, now without Sean Doolittle, but when they're out, they can be counted on. They can be trusted. When it's kind of shifting to other guys like Voth, uh, Andres, Andres Machado, Machado uh, it can get a little shaky. And but. Andres Machado is somebody that you might, you could see DFA'd maybe for to make room on the that's, forty man. That's a possibility too. So. But Steve Shishek has had some good, some bad. But mm-hmm. you know he uh, that win in uh, Atlanta on the getaway day Wednesday, six pitches in one inning, got three outs. So. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely turning things around, and um, it's better to watch now than it was at the end of uh, the end of last year for sure. And such a small sample size, yeah. so, you know, it's it's hard to make any any assumptions this early on, but yeah. we can be optimistic. Yeah, I why think, not be optimistic? For what we're seeing. <laughs> it's still spring. Spring's yeah. hope's eternal, right? Hope spring's mm-hmm. eternal, whatever it is. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode of the Mass and All yeah. Access podcast. We thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and don't forget that we are presented by Northern Virginia Community College. Nova makes college better. Visit uh, visit or learn more, excuse me, at boldlynova.com. We appreciate their support of the pod. And hopefully you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. At Mass and Nationals across the board on social media. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Amy's at at Amy Jennings News. I'll have you covered from Nationals Park on Saturday afternoon for the day game. Amy has some more content coming your way on Mass and All Access, so be sure to check all that stuff out on the new MassinSports.com and the Masson app. Shout out to Paul Mancano for his help producing the show behind the scenes. Hope you're watching Afternoon Baseball later today on Masson and throughout the course of the weekend. We will catch you next week right here on the podcast.